Here is the closing Schwab market update as of 4.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 15 minutes after market close for Tuesday, August 23rd. U.S. stocks closed out the day mostly in the red on the heels of yesterday's solid decline. Market movements were impacted by a host of preliminary August manufacturing and services data across the globe, which showed that business activity has slowed. In economic news, Richmond manufacturing activity fell into contraction territory with a larger reading than expected, and new home sales for July fell sharply. Additionally, domestic manufacturing PMI declined but remained in expansion territory, and services PMI stayed in contraction territory but unexpectedly fell. Earnings season continued down the home stretch with Macy's topping estimates but lowering its guidance and Zoom video communications reducing its guidance despite topping profit projections, while Palo Alto Network's bested expectations issued favorable guidance, raised its share repurchase program, and announced a three-for-one stock split. Dick's Sporting Goods bested expectations and issued favorable earnings per share guidance. Treasury prices varied ahead of the data and in anticipation for this week's key Fed symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Shorter-term Treasury prices increased while longer-term prices decreased. The U.S. dollar continued to fall after rallying back to 20-year highs. Crude oil prices were higher and gold traded to the upside. Asia and European stocks finished mostly lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average went down 154 points, or 0.5%, to 32,910. The S&P 500 Index decreased 9 points, or 0.2%, to 4,129. And the Nasdaq Composite was unchanged at 12,381. In moderate volume, 3.8 billion shares of Nasdaq and NYSE-listed stocks were traded. WTI crude oil rose $3.38 to $93.74 per barrel. Elsewhere, the gold spot price increased $11.50 to $1,759.90 per ounce, and the dollar index lost 0.5% to 108.56. In equity news on Tuesday, Macy's, ticker symbol M, reported adjusted second quarter earnings per share of a dollar above the 86-cent faxed estimate as revenues dipped 0.8% year-over-year to $5.6 billion, topping the street's estimate of $5.5 billion. Second quarter same-store sales declined 1.5% year-over-year compared to the forecasted 2% decrease. The company said it delivered solid results despite a challenging environment and inflationary pressures, while trying to navigate changing consumer behaviors. However, the company lowered its full-year guidance, citing risks related to increased macroeconomic pressures. Shares climbed higher. Palo Alto Networks, ticker symbol PANW, posted adjusted fiscal fourth-quarter earnings per share of $2.39, exceeding the $2.28 projection. With revenues growing 27% year-over-year to $1.6 billion, topping the estimated $1.5 billion. The cybersecurity company said next-generation security growth drove its results. Palo Alto Networks issued current-year guidance that was above expectations while announcing $915 million in additional share repurchases and a three-for-one stock split. 
Shares of Palo Alto Networks rose sharply. Zoom Video Communications, ticker symbol ZM, announced adjusted second quarter earnings of $1.05 per share, north of the expected $0.94, cents, as revenues rose 8% year-over-year to $1.1 billion, roughly in line with forecasts. The virtual conferencing services company said it continued to gain traction as the platform of choice for enterprises with its recently launched Zoom Contract Center and Zoom IQ for Sales products seeing some great early wins and its Zoom phone delivering record number of licenses. Zoom Video Communications lowered its full-year guidance, noting the negative impact of the strength in the U.S. dollar and performance of its online business. Zoom Video Communications stock price closed noticeably lower. Dick's Sporting Goods, ticker symbol DKS, reported adjusted second quarter earnings per share of $3.68, beating the $3.59 estimate as revenues declined 5% year-over-year to $3.1 billion, which is roughly in line with forecasts. Despite the downward movement in revenue year-over-year, net sales grew 38% versus the second quarter of 2019. The sporting goods retailer stated, quote, The Dick's Sporting Goods consumer has held up quite well. Our inventory is healthy and well-positioned, and we are excited about our assortment for the back-to-school season, end quote. The company raised its full-year earnings per share outlook. Shares end of the day higher. Second quarter earnings season is mostly in the books, and of the 476 S&P 500 companies that have reported thus far, Roughly 63% of topped revenue forecasts and approximately 76% have bested profit projections per data compiled by Bloomberg. Compared to last year, revenue growth is tracking to be up 14% and earnings are 7.7% higher. Schwab's chief investment strategist Lizanne Saunders points out in her latest article, Fade, Market Hits Resistance as Breath Waned. Now, the stock market's rally since mid-June has looked healthier from a breadth perspective, but low-quality leadership and deteriorating economic data have kept downside risks elevated. You can follow Lizanne on Twitter, at Lizanne Saunders, and you can read all of our market commentary on our Insights and Education page, and you can follow us on Twitter, at Schwab Research. In economic news on Tuesday... Treasuries have been choppy as of late, with the yield curve steepening recently but remaining decisively inverted. The markets have digested some cooler-than-expected inflation data, which followed a stronger-than-expected labor report grappling with the economic and monetary policy implications. The U.S. dollar has resumed a rally to new multi-decade highs. The preliminary S&P Global U.S. Manufacturing PMI Index for August declined to 51.3 from July's unrevised 52.2 figure and versus estimates of a slighter decrease to 51.8. The preliminary S&P Global U.S. Services PMI Index showed growth for the key U.S. sector in August unexpectedly fell to 44.1 compared to expectations of a rise to 49.8 from July's 47.7 figure. Despite the declines, the manufacturing PMI remains in expansion territory, while the services PMI stays in contraction territory, with 50 being the demarcation point between the two zones. 
The Richmond Fed Manufacturing Activity Index fell more than expected into contraction territory with a reading below zero for August, lowering to negative eight from July's reading of zero and well below forecasts for a reading of negative two. Shipments and vendor lead time fell into negative territory, while new order volumes and backlog of orders accelerated further into negative territory. Service expenditures moved into expansion territory, and actual capital expenditures accelerated and remained expansionary. In housing news, new home sales dropped 12.6% month-over-month in July to an annual rate of 511,000 units, while below forecasts calling for a rate of 575,000 units and below June's unrevised 590,000-unit level. The median home price rose 8.2% year-over-year to $439,400. New home inventory increased to 10.9 months from June's level of a 9.2 months of supply at the current sales pace. Sales increased month-over-month in the northeast, but declined in the south, midwest, and west. Sales were lower year-over-year in all regions. New home sales are based on contract signings, offering a timelier read on housing activity compared to the larger contributor of existing home sales, which are based on closings. Schwab's chief fixed income strategist, Kathy Jones, discusses in our Schwab market perspective, mixed signals, how the Fed has embarked on one of the most rapid tightening cycles in over 40 years, and with inflation continuing to outpace wage growth, more rate hikes are likely on the horizon. Kathy also offers analysis of the greenback in her commentary titled, The Strong Dollar, Can It Continue? You can follow Kathy on Twitter, at Kathy Jones, and be sure to check out our latest addition to our Financial Decoder podcast titled, When Interest Rates Rise, What Should You Do With Bonds? featuring Kathy. Treasury prices finished mixed as the yield on the two-year Treasury note was down five basis points to 3.28%, while the yield on the 10-year note gained four basis points to 3.07%, and the 30-year bond rate went up three basis points to 3.27%. Tomorrow, we will get data on July's preliminary durable goods orders, predicted to rise 0.8% month-over-month versus June's 2% gain, and durable goods ex-transportation expected to increase 0.2% month-over-month, south of the prior month's 0.4% growth. In further housing data, we will get reads on MBA mortgage applications for the week ended August 19th, along with July's pending home sales month-over-month and year-over-year, expected to decrease 2.8% and 21.4%, respectively. In international news on Tuesday, European equities traded mostly to the downside as the markets digested a host of preliminary August manufacturing and services reports. S&P Global's Eurozone Manufacturing PMI slowed slightly to 49.7 from 49.8 in July, above estimates of a decline to 49.0, but remained in contraction territory, as a 50 rating is the demarcation point between expansion and contraction. S&P Global's Eurozone Services PMI fell to 50.2 from 51.2 and compared to expectations of a decrease to 50.5. 
S&P Global's UK manufacturing PMI dropped to 46.0 from 52.1, while below the estimated decline to 51.0. S&P Global's UK services PMI dipped to 52.5 from 52.6, stronger than the forecasted decrease to 51.6. The euro and British pound traded lower versus the US dollar, and bond yields in the eurozone and the UK continued to climb. The action comes as inflation has driven central banks to tighten monetary policy led by an aggressive Fed in the U.S., and the markets await this week's key Fed symposium in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. However, Schwab's chief global investment strategist, Jeffrey Kleintop, notes in his article titled, Shortages Have Led to Gluts, how inventory gluts have been bad news for the stocks of companies experiencing them, but could also be indicating an inflation peak, which tends to be an ingredient for market bottoms. Also, Jeff discusses in his latest article titled The End of Rate Hikes, how the signals from central banks that rate hikes, which began last year, may be coming to an end, could be welcome news for investors looking ahead to the next 12 months. You can follow Jeff on Twitter, at Jeffrey Kleintop. The UK FTSE 100 index was down 0.6%, France's CAC 40 index and Germany's DAX index declined 0.3%, Spain's IBEX 35 index decreased 0.7%, Switzerland's Swiss market index traded 1.4% lower, while Italy's FTSE MIB index rose 1%. Stocks in Asia moved mostly to the downside as yesterday's drop in the US set a negative tone while the markets digested a host of economic data. On the heels of last week's disappointing economic data out of China, Japan reported that its August preliminary manufacturing growth slowed and its services sector output deteriorated into contraction territory. Australia also preliminarily reported a deceleration in manufacturing growth for this month and a drop into contraction territory for its services sector activity. Japan also reported that its nationwide department store sales slowed but remained solid for July. The global markets have been choppy as they grapple with persisting and widespread inflation pressures that have monetary policies tightening in North America headlined by the Fed, Europe, the UK and Australia. However, China's central bank has diverged and has lowered interest rates as its economy has slowed noticeably in the face of the COVID-induced lockdowns. Schwab's Jeffrey Kleintop notes in his article titled China's Yo-Yo Economy that its economy and stock market may remain volatile. Japan's Nikkei 225 index declined 1.1% with the yen holding recent weakness versus the U.S. dollar. The yen looks to be resuming a sharp drop to multi-decade lows versus the greenback that began in March, as the Bank of Japan also lags other key global central banks in monetary policy. China's Shanghai Composite Index dipped 0.1%, and the Hong Kong Hang Seng Index traded 0.8% lower. Australia's S&P ASX 200 Index decreased 1.2%, and South Korea's KOSPI Index dropped 1.1%. However, India's S&P BSE Sensex 30 index advanced 0.4%, but action remained choppy. No major reports will be released on tomorrow's international economic calendar.